Welcome to The Point. My name is Andrew Paul, and today we're going to listen to an interview I took from a dear friend, Lauren Davidson. Lauren's a lovely singer and songwriter, and we've worked together for a long time. This is Lauren. So, Lauren. So, Andy, Andrew, what do you want me to call you? (laughs) <laughs> you can call me whatever you want, man. You can call me uh, Andy, Andrew. Call me. Okay. You know, you're one of those uh, friends that I don't prescribe a preferred name to. Unless I stage. That that's on stage is one thing, but amongst friends, um, you know, I know people that call me Andy, Andrew, Neasley, Knees, Drew, uh, and it's usually like I can pick out what kind of friend you are by you know what name you use because there's people that I've known for thirty years that call me Knees, right? But if I've known you for five minutes and you call me Knees, I'm like. Whoa. Who is this fool? <laughs> <laughs> but you can call me whatever you want. We're the we're, we're those kind of friends. Perfect. Yeah. So you you've done quite a bit of these kind of interviews, either for your own urban country or for other people for other podcasts. You like you're all over, all over when it comes to social media. Uh, what do you do to keep it keep it fresh with these things? Um, I try not to really like script what I'm going to say, um, unless someone is like, oh, do you have talking points? You release new music. Obviously there's something special you're coming on to promote, but most of the time I'm just like, yeah, I want to do it. What time? And expectations before I get into uh, the space with someone so that I can have real organic conversations. I mean, even for Urban Country Jam, like I have a list of interview questions, like in case we grow a little bit stale, but like my goal is to just artists and have artist to artist conversations. And if somebody says something that sparks you know, an idea or a conversation, then I go with it and kind of see where that takes us as opposed to it being so by the book. And it's more fun for me on both that. And I think it keeps it more interesting and exciting and it doesn't get stale that way too. Um, You mentioned Urban Country Jam. How many years have you been doing Urban Country Jam? It hasn't even been a year yet. Um, The one year anniversary in a couple of weeks so february i think it was 22nd we did it's like right here i could even look at it <laughs> february 22nd i believe at the cutting room was the first show the only live show because right after the pandemic hit and then we moved it to the virtual space see to think we only had one show and that it's already coming up to a year and that it's only been a year because it feels like it's been so much longer right because I, I think from all the social media response and announcements I've seen it feels like it's it's been I mean the name lends itself to something that feels like it's been institutional for a while which is a great pick by the way (laughs) but it really does feel like it's been it's been going on for a long time you don't just do one of those a year do you um I the there wasn't there wasn't an actual like goal of is it going to be once a year is it going to be twice a year you know it was just kind of something that we were going to take steps with and grow it and see how we could grow the name and the brand and eventually be like a full-fledged festival like a big festival but since at this level it was just featuring emerging artists you know like myself and other artists at that level I think the main idea was maybe to do like four times a year like once a quarter Uh um you don't want it to get stale you want them to come out you want to bring a crowd out you want to have uh quality talent 
but there wasn't really any like hard set in stone, you know, written in paper, this is what it's going to be. And then, you know, everything changed and it wasn't, it was like, well, what do we do now? And so moving it into the virtual space and kind of seeing how people have been responding to it, um, the goal is to have, you know, more than one a year. We've already done one this year for 2021, the next month as like the anniversary show. And then um, working on maybe every other month, um, Uh every couple of months, at least virtually until venues reopen. Nice. What I think is fantastic about that, um, you didn't have a concrete, you know, production plan so that you could make course corrections. Because I feel like what, what misses in a lot of these events, and if you boiled it down even further as to just simple shows of artists, is that they have a um, two set in stone view of how they want to approach their shows. Uh, and because of that, they lose any consistency that they might have had. And yeah. what these things that's so important is just being consistent with them. Like how many are you going to do it once a year, do it once a year and do that for 20 years. If you're going to do it, you know, four times a year, do it four times a year for five years, you know, but still consistently putting out content is obviously, you know, the name of the game these days and difficult to do on a production scale. Of course. I think for me, though, I like as an artist that like I thought I kind of led with my head instead of reality, I guess, so to speak of like, cause I'm a Capricorn. I like plans and lists. And I was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and this. And I learned very, very early on that when you have a plan throws a wrench in it every single time and you have to right. adapt and you have to go with the flow and you have to take things in baby steps, which I didn't realize until I started doing. And so that was definitely something that I took with me into urban country jam because I've been doing this, you know, independent artists, like wearing so many hats. And I just know like, if you have too concrete a plan where you're like set in that stone, you know, it you're you're getting in your own way versus yeah. it's good to have a plan and to have dreams and to have goals be adaptable. I mean, even with the pandemic, like who thought that a year, you know, later I'd still be like sitting in my freaking apartment, like not playing shows and, and adapting. And if I was just so set in stone, I wouldn't have released any of the music I would have released. We wouldn't have to a virtual space, I'd be sitting here waiting for, for things to open up and happen again. And that's no way to live either. And there's also a difference between waiting and patience. It, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, you can be patient and wait for the right opportunity. Or I should say you can have patience for the right opportunity. But when you start waiting for it to come to you, then you're obviously you're toast. Yeah. I mean, I make every decision for, you know, anything that I do, you know, I take all factors into consideration, you know, it's like, is this the right time, you know, or, you know, as opposed to just like jumping at every single thing, you have to make smart decisions for yourself, for your personal self, for your art too. And I think that's kind of what you mean with the patience too, but also knowing like, it's okay to change your mind course and to change your plan and your opinions. All those things are okay. Yeah. This pandemic has really forced us to, we yeah. obviously we all had to course correct and you know change our plans. Yeah. Aside from going virtual with Urban Country Jam, what are some other examples of how you course corrected, either personally or professionally during the pandemic? Virtual shows specifically, or like live streams. Like I was not one of those people that really did that on social. That feature of social media, and now it's all that I do. 
Um, and another one was uh, when and how I release music and even right. finish music and work on music and write music and produce it. And it's mm-hmm. all been really awesome, but interesting and <laughs> and what it would have yeah. been if we weren't in a pandemic. Yeah. Um, kind of also not relying on other people as much for things and learning new skills so that I could do those things myself. That's um, fantastic. Yeah, it's frustrating some days, but when you accomplish something, it's like, oh wow, I did that myself. Well, that that's like another example of trying to maintain the consistency because instead of waiting for these other 12 people, which is a fine and dandy thing when you're exactly, you know, when we're all working in the same community, but now that we don't have access to that community because of the pandemic, you're required to do these things yourself. You're doing a great job of committing to that consistency and learning new skills. Whereas I know a lot of people have probably been sitting on their butt for like nine months and are are probably kicking themselves right now. Well, thank you. I think very, like, okay, what do I do? And it's like, I mean, even with my music, when I first started, like I had written a batch of songs and had never, you know, played on a stage as an artist. And you helped me book my first gig at Arlene's. Um, so you oh, made that. that. Right? That's very easy. I think I was like, <laughs> Hey, how do I book a gig in New York? And you were like, Oh, where do you want to play? And I was like, Arlene's grocery. And you're like, meet so-and-so. And it was very easy for me, <laughs> but I had like never done a show before, you know, as an artist with my own music guys together and we threw songs up on a stage to see what worked like I played music and had never released music and I was thinking about that a lot recently because someone asked me in an interview about Nashville and I was like I was making you know music and a year and writing with people in New York for at least a year if not longer before I even made my first trip to Nashville uh-huh and so I was like thinking about that process. Like I just kind of learned by doing. So like a pandemic was kind of the same thing. Okay, now you have to have to do and you kind of learn as you go. I mean, I'm not putting out anything uh, that I don't think represents me and my brand and my music and all of that. But mm-hmm. um, I can learn through the process as well. Yeah, that's been a foundation of my journey during the pandemic. How can I uh, learn from this? How can I... Uh, what can I take from this? Uh, by the way, the whole thing's a fucking tragedy, obviously. Yeah, it's, of course. Of we course. didn't need any of this bullshit, but now that we're here, is uh, how can we make you know make the best of all this? I mean, you have two choices. You can either sit and sulk about it and you know come to a complete stop, or you know we are fortunate enough to be healthy and to be able to do things right. even with limitations, and we have to find those like silver linings and make the best of that. That sounds like a lyric right there that I wrote called Silver Linings. <laughs> Dig it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, a, a couple of these, uh, now that I have a couple of these interviews done, uh, there's been a couple of chestnuts of advice that I've actually written down or a couple of lyrics that I've written down that, it, you know, people have, people have a way of being poetic when the camera's on. Well, that was funny. I was actually writing uh, two days ago over Zoom and we had already like come up with the idea and, you know, some music. And I was just kind of like, I don't really want to say in a poetic way, but, it, you know, this is the situation. And he was like, well, that's a lyric right there. What do you mean? You don't like write that down. I was like, what did I even say? Because you don't pay attention when you're just speaking from the heart. You're not overthinking when you sit down to write lyrics. Sometimes you're thinking every line every word every rhyme every and sometimes you know that is not good too because you get in your own way that way we know we've written a song together and we were like so carefully we were so and it was great but it's we so we were so careful 
know, choosing words and picking lines to express what we were trying to say. And then I think towards the end, it was like, well, like, let's leave it and come back to it. And half right. of the time we were like, oh, that does make sense. That is great. Yeah. And I think some of that's just like not thinking. I feel like the general tenor of what we're talking about, um, ignition, you know, there many times I talk with people of all ages, really, not just young people about ignition failure, where they see a goal in, on the horizon and um, they don't know how to just put that first step together. Like you're talking about the song that we wrote and we did spend a good amount of time crafting a lot of that. And at some point you have to say, okay, well, put that there and then we'll go work on something else on this song. So it doesn't always have to be perfect. And in fact, it doesn't have to be the perfect song either. Because uh, right. you have to write 10,000 songs before you're lucky enough maybe to write the perfect song. And also music's so subjective. Like everyone's perfect song, idea of a perfect different. Right. So th there, there really is no perfect song. But it, no. just to get better at the craft, you have to write a fuck ton of songs. Yeah, like, definitely. There's no way around it. Like how many songs have you written that have never been on a CD? So many, and I don't <laughs> much as like a lot of people that I know, you know, people right. in Nashville who are writing, you know, sometimes two times a day, five days a week. Um, that was never me. I, I've, I've written, I think maybe 50 songs in 2020, and that's like a lot for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds like a lot for me, and other people are like, I wrote 150 songs this year. So I only wrote like a third <laughs> of what some people are writing, but like, I did definitely have found obviously a lot more time to write this year than any other year or, um, but you know, most of those I'm releasing six songs this year, it, you yeah. know, like most of those songs won't see the light or won't see light, you know, for a while. Cause you never stop writing either. And you grow through that and you grow as life happens. something that you write, if it sits on the shelf too long, it just doesn't suit you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it, it was the perfect song at one point in time. Oh, you know, I, I went back and listened to some songs I had written that I was super proud of in the last, let's say 10 years, arbitrarily yeah. speaking, 10 years. And when I was done with them at the time, I was like, oh, this is this is the perfect song right now. Holy buckets, I nailed this. And I, I went back and listened to it the other day and I was like, oh, mm, not uh, I don't know about that song right there. I feel like that about like all of my early music that I even released, let alone the ones that like ha no one's heard. Yeah. It's... You're just like, this is so good. This is what you're feeling in that moment. And then like you grow up a little bit or you, you, you grow in your craft right. and you're like, oh, what was I thinking? Or just like, I've outgrown that. That's not me anymore. Yeah. I like the idea of, of, of outgrowing things. Um, I have enough data now with writing and with my catalog of writing, especially on the computer, all the stuff I, that we hoard on digital files that I can go back and look at things I've written by uh, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. And I can hear sounds that I wasn't ready or I didn't understand yet how to use or how to make. Um, and then I come back to them and I go, oh, I know what I was going for there, but my ears weren't, uh, my experience wasn't ready to bring it to fruition. Do you, you find that you've ever gone back to a tune that you see, you thought maybe was shit you know, 10 years ago, but you realize now that I've now have the means to execute that vision. Yeah. There was one song specific, um, and never released. I performed it a few times and I went back and listened to it. And I was like, this is still something that really resonates with me, but I want to rewrite some of it. There were just some lines that, you know, no longer suited me 
now and mm-hmm. um, lines that maybe the way they were written were a little more simple or just like not saying things the way I would say them even now. Right. Um, but musically and uh, I guess like it was all still there for me. Um, but I would say mostly when I listen to old things, I'm like, oh, what was I? No, no, <laughs> I'm, no. Moving on. Move forward. Keep keep walking. But I mean, yeah. I, I don't, not everything I even write right now that I'm like, you know, yeah. it's just sometimes it's what you got to get out of you. Sometimes it's just where the uh, synergy with a person that you're writing with, uh, where that takes you and what you're feeling in that moment and come back to it literally the next day and be like, uh, eh. Other days you're like, oh, this is the best thing in the whole wide world. Um, and that changes too. One thing I'm, I grapple with when I talk to artists, young and old, experienced and green, is the idea of the romanticism in our process. Yeah. And by that, I mean, when a song's a hit, um, then everybody goes, oh, I knew that song was a hit the second I heard it. Mm-hmm. Right. Or when the second I wrote that, I knew that was a hit. That all seems to me like an incredible amount of like professional, you know. It's definitely. You know, do you, do you feel like that? Like, have you ever had that experience? You're like, I know this is one. Boy, that's the that's it. Um, or is it? Um, I'm simply trying to create the best thing. I mean, it's a, probably a little bit of everything, but simply trying to create the best thing, and then the masses decide if it's a hit for you. Yeah, I think for me, I just am trying to create not even just the best thing, but like what I feel most connected to, because I think, yeah. you know, as songwriters and artists, we're pulling out to bleed for the world. But there's been songs where other people are like, that's a hit, that's a hit, but like, I don't have any hits yet. So it's like, what makes a song a hit? Having enough money so that enough right. people can hear it on the radio. But like, there's songs that are on the radio that I think are complete shit. <laughs> you know, but think about it. If if there's money behind a song and you're hearing that song every hour, say, mm-hmm. even I start to sing along to it and you're like, yeah. oh, that song, I can't get out of my head. Really, it, it's not a good song or it's not a song <laughs> that I would normally like if I wasn't hearing it all the time. And I can think of a handful of songs right now that I have had this conversation with people at like mm-hmm. in real time. It was like, if this wasn't by this artist with label behind it this song would not be a number one song they would get laughed at if it got like walked into a pub house right. or like i have better songs than that or like well more well-written <laughs> songs but like no one knows who i am you know what i mean like that thing oh i know who you are lauren Dancing. You, <laughs> you are oh shucks only some days yeah well shit. You, know, <laughs> you know one thing that that i i really enjoy about um working with you um speaking of lauren davidson is you mentioned earlier your attention to consistency and I thought about texting you earlier saying like, Hey, are we on? And then I was like, this is Lauren. I don't need to double check with her. She's going to be on point today. I'm good. I'm here. I was ready. I, yeah, I think consistency is really important, but like we mentioned earlier and realizing that, but I think that like being consistent doesn't necessarily have to align with being the same all the time. You know, I'm, uh, I write a zillion different kind of songs and grooves throughout the year. It's never the same thing twice. Maybe I'll eventually uh, ferry myself in one direction just for business sake, but yeah, it goes all over the place. I think for me, it's a little bit harder though to like allow myself to do that because there's this idea of like what I'm supposed to be doing and 
say country music artist or an urban country artist and what my sound is. But this year I kind of been throwing it all to, to the walls and just kind yeah, of doing I what feels that. good, which is honestly so much greatness has come out of that. Good I've like, I remember uh, my co-writer was like, does this need to be more country? And I was like, no, it needs to yeah. be just the best possible thing we can write today. Like, I don't really yeah. care about like, I, we don't need to think about that. Let's just write what, you know, what we're feeling. Good for you. A learning process, but in a really, really good way. You know, I'm, I'm trying to live that right now when I'm writing whatever I'm going to release next. I don't even know what the hell that's going to be, but to release the um, the handcuffs of what I think I'm supposed to be. But what is that? Who knows what that exactly, is? Exactly, you know? exactly. I mean, that's like the one good thing to come out of this downtime is that we, we have the time and the freedom and the ability we were previously so busy and caught up in whatever it is we were caught up in, the many things we've been caught up in. It is so much more... Uh, it's much harder to break from those things because you're just so used to it and you're just in the go and you're not really making uh, conscious decisions to just create. And so, right. You're just kind of living gig to gig. Like what do I need to do to survive this? Right. Week? I mean, now like I've spent more time in these than I ever have. And I want to escape that. And I've been able to escape that through like the imagination of creativity and through music. That's inspiring. Good for you. Yeah, thanks. It's not easy. I, I mean, mean, some I, days it's not easy for me either, but. Well, that, you know, you bring up a really great point, though, is that um, I actually got into an Internet fight with some stranger about this. Um, a stranger. You know, oh, God. Yeah, Internet stranger. I mean, I, I said something spicy and then let it go. But my point was that creativity and the muse is, you know, kind of bullshit. You know, the people that show up every day and get to work are the ones that act the right actual hits yeah you know it's not waiting to be inspired because that's that'll happen once in a million putting in the daily effort yeah. to be better writer and better songwriter better musician is what you know that's what the pros do it's what we do <laughs> yeah i mean i think sometimes inspiration comes from in the moment like how many times is there like oh i don't want to do this today like you said, if I say I'm going to be somewhere at two o'clock, I'm there at two yeah. o'clock on the dot. And I have sat down before to be like, I got nothing or like, I'm not really feeling this. And next thing you know, you leave it more inspired than you came into it because yeah. of just forcing yourself to work on something that the big picture inspires you. Obviously, we wouldn't be making music if that didn't inspire us. We're right. inspired by music, by creativity, by the endless possibilities of where that can bring us. But not every day do I world. Sometimes I want to sit in my bed and watch Netflix. Like, you know, like. <laughs> what are you watching on Netflix right now? Um, I just caught up on Shameless. It's not on Netflix, but like on Showtime. So I'm actually looking for something new. So if you have any recommendations. Uh, we, what did we watch lately? I, you know, I don't, I don't watch Netflix until the day's over typically. Yeah. Even on, even on the weekend. So by the, by the time it's that, I, I'm thinking about passing out. Yeah. I watch a lot of things that I've like watched before too, because I just like the sometimes yeah. instead of, instead of listening to music all the time. But then it's funny cause everything you watch too also has music in it. So I'm curious how much of like the music on the TV shows or the movies that I've had in the mm -hmm. background have inspired me and I didn't even know it. 
Uh, you know, if I look at my inspiration little, I have a, a note on my phone where I typically put um, wis wisps of inspiration, and there's so many movie soundtracks on there. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm going to write a record one day that's going to be largely cinematic. Um, you know, there's a, I think there's a Brian McKnight record like that where he's playing with a string orchestra. Oh, that's cool. And it's very much like a... Uh, uh, like a movie soundtrack, but like I said, very dramatic sounding. Yeah. But I also, I, I typically pick out the things in movie soundtracks that are, are a little odd too. There's a lot of Johnny Greenwood um, from Radiohead. He does some film scoring that's that's really interesting, but they're also usually from very odd movies. So I, 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 I talk cinematically speaking, but they're all from like murder movies. So I, am I going to make them? murder album i don't know <laughs> maybe i think for me mine have been more in like these i have like guilty pleasure for like i call them like soapy dramas and so like what once in a while very rarely a song will be playing and i'll like stop in my tracks and i'll have to find out what that song is um and one of them was on this tv show called the bold type that's on freeform and it was a sasha sloan song and i had never heard of Mm -hmm. And it's called Thoughts. And it just had this really gorgeous arrangement, really simple, really pretty melody. And I like paused the TV show and I had to find the song and like look up this artist and this girl to kind of see that she she has a relatively big, you know, pop. Mm -hmm. listen to a lot of that music or even to radio, really not having a car. And I had never heard of her before. And I was like, what is this song? Who is this person? What are mm -hmm. these lyrics? I like learned, sat down and like figured out the chords on the guitar. It was just so beautiful and so simple too. What's the song, song It's called, called Thoughts by Sasha Sloan. Oh, I'm gonna check that out later too. Yeah, it's nice. really pretty. You know, I have a, a couple of Spotify playlists that are, are public actually, but they contain everything that I'm inspired by basically from uh, what you, the process you just mentioned. Like I hear something and I'll Shazam it yeah. quick and I'll add it to that playlist. Um, and there's some really beautiful music there, but there's a couple of guilty pleasures there too that I'm like debating on whether I want people to understand that I, I get inspired by. Do I really want people to think I get inspired by Katy Perry tunes? I don't care. Yes. I like Katy Perry tunes. <laughs> I feel like if that was my playlist, there would definitely be like some eighties, like guilty pleasure on there. Definitely some like mm. Miley Cyrus. And I don't listen to that stuff on like the daily, but like we're inspired yeah. by everything. Totally. I mean, good and we should be too. Song. Like why throw out inspiration just because uh, of a silly genre label that some junior executive at a major record label came up with, you know, I hear you. Yeah, exactly. That's good stuff. So yes, keep Katy Perry. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, one of her records looks like the morning bell too. Uh, it has like the same orange border. I mean, she saw that you added her to your playlist and I was like, who's this guy? Oh, cool music. Right. That's dope. So maybe she did. You never know. Oh, I'm pretty certain that Katy Perry didn't rip me off. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be fun if she did. It, it would be fun. Yeah. I, I can count on one hand that the amount of time somebody that's a little further down the line career wise has voiced you know inspiration from something I've written and it's touching when they do but it's like been like three times in my life and it wasn't Katy Perry <laughs> <laughs> I'm one uh, of them yeah of course you are I'm inspired by writing with you I'm inspired by I mean even I've seen you on stage before so many times I've shared that's inspiring you know that that uh, photo of you singing with Jesus on the main line from Music Hall of Williamsburg pops up on my uh, featured photos every once in a while. It's a nice reminder of that show. 
It's funny actually because I I recently joined TikTok, putting one of those like videos together that it's like if you add photos and video to this sound and it it edits it for you like to the beat and it was like what was one of the first like photos in my camera roll and it's a picture from the musical oh the video yeah nice. and I was like wow this is one of the first pictures on my camera roll that was from like what maybe six years ago at this point at least yeah 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 uh, 2014 yeah that makes sense yeah so fun. yeah you were a total pro i remember calling you that morning of that show being like i need, I need you to show up in like two hours <laughs> yeah i remember you called me it was like nine o'clock in the morning i think i was like still or 8 30 in the morning i was like still in bed but i was like andrew andy's calling i need to pick this up and then it was like can you be in Brooklyn? and i was like yep i'll be best phone call ever i will be there oh that was a fun show I, so did, fun was Toby playing that sh show yeah, too? Yeah, so Toby was playing that show, um, and Sandra was still playing with the Bone Chimes at the time. Years, and that was the first time that I met those guys and found out that um, Anthony was like really good friends or went to college with my really good friend Brooke, who you've met uh, right. before too. And it was just like a whole like full circle like family moment. And out with music because I wasn't an artist yet. I wasn't writing my own songs. I was still kind of living in the theater world and singing with bands on the side. And mm -hmm. it was just like so inspiring just being in this like backstage area with so many talented musicians. I mean, Jesus alone is like 16 talented yeah. musicians <laughs> that you just Too get many. to like talk to and hang with and vibe with and then share mm -hmm. really cool energy with on stage. Um, but then all the other guys on the bill too. It was really cool. Yeah, that was a, a fun show. Uh, I, you mentioned uh, Animal Years, and I, it was Saladino's birthday recently, and I, I thought I saw a picture of him with blonde hair on Instagram. Really? <laughs> yeah, he he looked good. Sal, uh, Anthony, you were rocking it, man. It looked pretty good there, brother. <laughs> uh, look up his Instagram after this. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll tag it in the comments or whatever on the blog post. Yes, this, you have uh, to. Interview. That'll be hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was such a long time ago at this point, like to think of all the things that both of us have done is kind of crazy. Yeah, I think it's it's hard to appreciate how long, but at the same time, how short five years is. Um, yeah. You know, in terms of what you want to accomplish, it's not as much time as you think, but it's also... Um, it feels like an eternity, but it goes by in a flash of an I mean, I feel like that way specifically about like this past year, like it's like, oh, I've been home forever, but also it was like, I can't believe a year has gone by already. Um, and especially this year, it's, it's easier to feel that way when you're doing a lot of things because you're like, look at all the things that I did this year, but like, oh, mm -hmm. I can't believe that it, the year's over already. But it's like, uh -huh, look, like, look at, look at the four walls. <laughs> I say yeah. that a lot, but it's at the same walls right now but i also can't believe like it's almost been a year that i've been you know home and not playing shows i mean i played my last gig aside from like the little stuff that you and i would do or mm -hmm. i played one gig um in the summer one gig a couple weeks ago i had it i played my last gig march 15th yeah 2020 yeah i had a good handle on that for quite a while coming to terms with not having shows um, and trying to make the most of the pandemic in terms of my growth as a as myself, but also as a professional musician. Yeah. And it slipped just a little bit the other day 
where I was angry at myself for not having more tangible things, like you just said, things. Mm-hmm. Um, more uh, music released or more songs written. I had to really dig deep to find what I did get out of Pandemic, and that was the consistency of honing the, the craft. So it's really easy to overlook the time you put in day in and day out at being a better songwriter or writing a lot of songs if you don't have these tentpole things that you can hang on on your wall like a new album yeah um but there is so much value obviously in that consistency and in that perfection and you know we'll someday get back to the albums on the wall and the shows and, and whatnot but we really have to give as creative people we have to give ourselves so much more credit just for the simple fact that we're still here making music yeah i mean honestly something must have been in with the you know having that same kind of feeling but just the other day and mm-hmm. i think at first i just got really comfortable with the change you know it wasn't easy obviously we all had struggles it's been a really hard year but just like okay at home these are the things i can control these are the things i can do uh both personally and professionally mm-hmm. not just you know writing songs but like keep organizing my apartment or taking care of things that I had put on the back burner for so long. Um, the other day that hit me too with playing shows. And I think that's because I had so long, I mean, I mentioned earlier, like I played a show, you know, in New York with my band, but had never released music. Like I had mm-hmm. led my career that way, like from stage to stage and doing everything right. that I do to get back on a stage. And what do you do to, to do that? You know, booking the shows, planning the shows, routing, touring, if it comes to that, fortunately, and all those things that without that, and now the year has, is coming. It's like, well, like I what to that. And how do mm. I get back to that? It almost feels like I have to start over and start oh, new, yeah. like, like the things I knew and the relationships I had, like might not be the same after this, after, you know, a year or more of not doing those things. And it's, I think shows come back in the way mm-hmm. that we're used to them um, and something I kind of had to really like look inside myself and mm-hmm. uh, realign almost to be like it, it's okay it's totally. not the end I, I miss the stage I'm not gonna pretend that I don't like it's sad I miss it a lot I wonder what the what the <clears throat> what the re-entry to that lifestyle is gonna gonna do to us because I I've developed or rediscovered or um, returned to so many good habits yeah. during quarantine that I, I can't let go of them. You know, I mean, specifically for me, the staying up late. Because mm-hmm. there's like no reason to stay up late right now. Right. You know, even if you're going to like or like for outdoor dining right now, like everything closes early. Mm-hmm. Like I can't tell you the last time I was up till two, three o'clock in the morning or like traveling yeah. for hours and hours in a car, van, bus, plane, whatever. I mean, I'm excited to do it because I miss that sleep schedule of like going to bed late and then sleeping in because you, you need, you know, X amount hours of sleep to take care of your body and your health. And me specifically, like sleep directly impacts my, my vote, my, my vote. Yeah. It's like if I I can sing for hours and hours and hours and be fine, but if I'm not sleeping well, that's mm-hmm. the first thing to go and that's like the money maker, you know, that's I don't play an instrument that is my instrument. So it's very important and I'm interested to see 
and the stamina of it all too of singing mm-hmm. for hours and or singing on no sleep or singing after traveling or singing you know around other people i don't know all of it's going to be really interesting yeah i still want to do it i miss it so much but it is going to be it is going to offset a lot of the things like um finally being able to like develop better habits and patterns and um mm-hmm. the way you know some people do who work a steady nine to five job uh, mm-hmm. can do that we always live a very crazy chaotic last minute up and down uh kind of lifestyle there is no consistency especially when things are good there's even less consistency when things are good and you're busy um it's gonna be probably back into it i'm not gonna lie i still want to do it but it's not gonna be easy yeah i'm a little, i'm not, terrified isn't the right word <laughs> but i i'm concerned uh and i hope that we have soft landing in terms of a return to that so that we can plan accordingly. Uh, yeah, I think we will. Um, I mean, you see some other states are like having live music and concerts, but it's still mm-hmm. not in the way that it was pre-pandemic. And I think it's going to take a little while to get back there. And I think it's going to happen in steps. Yeah. And uh, I, I want to be ready for it. Yeah, and figure it out as, as it happens. But mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely miss being on a stage. Like that's the hardest part of it all. You can still create... Um, I've been able to connect with other people musically, but there's nothing like being on a stage, you know, mm. that's just been gone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can uh, honestly say I have a hard time recalling that feeling. It, that's pretty strange. You know, the, that little bit of energy and anxiety and excitement that builds up right before you step yeah. foot on stage in front of a thousand people. Like, you know, am I going to be nervous again to do that? <laughs> I, see, I get nervous always, obviously. Um, but I do. I think I'm going to be a wreck. You are a fucking pro. No, I'm going to be. I get nervous. I always get nervous. I do like, I have like this thing where like I bring the band together and we do like a cheers or like a hands in and then they go out on stage and I take like those five minutes is you know for myself like I don't like anyone to be around me if anyone's mm-hmm. been like backstage I'm like this is like my moment I need to like get centered because I get really nervous I need to like shake it out I need to like mm-hmm. you know kind of prepare to get on stage and obviously most of the time once I get on stage that flood so like I, I mm-hmm. I'm, there is something so magical about being on stage with a band and connecting with an audience that like it's not nerves but in the moments before I step on the stage I am nervous and I'm afraid that it's not going to flood away <laughs> remember how to do all of this do I remember how to play a whole show uh, yeah. do I remember all of my songs I mean you don't go into it unprepared it's not like you're just throwing yourself back on a stage without rehearsing or anything but mm-hmm. I do think I'm going to be really nervous at least at something that was almost second nature and I still got anxious and nervous and excited about it's only going to be that much more heightened after not doing it for so long if you had every say in how it would go on what would your dream first show back be um I mean without saying like playing Radio City or the Garden yeah yeah, yeah. I was gonna say realistically I think it would be an urban country jam so it would be even if it was the exact same show as the last one we did, you know, mm-hmm. like at the cutting room, out we sold what it was like over 300 tickets. Yeah. Uh, there was such a cool vibe and a cool energy, and all of the artists were so talented. There was such a cool vibe with the other acts on the bill, um, but also for it not just being a show, for it being something that I 
been put together and getting to experience the joy of seeing the success of that. Mm -hmm. um, it was one of the best nights, you know, that I can remember. And so even just having that same exact night recreated, which obviously would never happen, no two exact same way mm -hmm. but that would be a really awesome first kickback you heard it here first urban country jam coming later 2021 <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't we'll see hopefully 2021 hopefully man 2022 would be such i was prepared for maybe six months of this no me too i i think it's gonna be a while until like you know stadium tours can happen mm -hmm. and um you're seeing artists canceling their tour too much uncertainty and there's too much money that goes into right. those things and um what opportunities do you think uh, are going to pop up that are new opportunities like what what can you imagine is going to be different about the return to normality that wasn't there before like how, what are some opportunities that we're going to be able to take advantage of that are either brand new never heard of or things that were out of our grasp before quarantine, but might be in our grasp after. Um, but I think this virtual side of things is here to stay. Um, and so, I mean, even seeing like uh, one of my favorite venues in Nashville, the listening room, they're having mm -hmm. uh, in-person shows with following COVID guidelines. So whatever capacity is allowed, um, wearing masks until you sit down, but they're also live streaming the shows. So like mm -hmm. I in New York could watch the show that's happening in real time in Nashville. And I think that that's mm -hmm. probably something that's here to reach a much bigger audience, which obviously like if you're buying tickets for these things, that's generating more money. Um, and people not just in Nashville can see this performance. I, in New York, someone in uh, abroad in another country, you know, can, mm -hmm. can tune in if they want. And I think that that is something that's really special and really cool and should be here to stay and most likely will be. I'd be surprised yeah, if it's not. Um, Have you found yourself uh, participating uh, as an audience member in a lot of streaming shows? Um, not that much, just for, um, like the, when things fall on like times and days, right. like I'm doing a lot, uh, even on the back end, you know, for sure that like people don't see. So it has been kind of time consuming, but I will say at the very beginning of the pandemic, um, I was like Grace Potter was doing mm -hmm. every Monday night. Um, and at least of her run um i was tuning in every monday instead of watching tv i'd sit down with right. my laptop and watch her stream at 9 p.m um and i watched like jagged little pill the mm -hmm. broadway musical did a stream with alanis that um i want to support like my friends too it's sure. just you know there's only so much you could do when you're doing your own things and times clash mm. and um i think maybe in the future, I will park more um, mm -hmm. by like that. That's our events. You know, you're not going out to the right. theater. You're buying a virtual ticket and trying to create your, you know, some kind of different space wherever you are in your home. Um, and I kind of was trying urban country jam even though it's been free but it's like well you can't go out tonight so like if you have a screen like my friends have a house in new jersey with like a tv screen and so they like watched urban country jam on like their screen and like made popcorn and like made drinks and like sat outside nice. and made 
it. Um, when that's all you have, you know, trying to find those times to sit down and do those things and, and really enjoy them without distraction. What do you think are a couple of barriers to entry for um, our fans to wholeheartedly embrace that model? You know, what, what are we missing potentially right now? I mean, I think we're missing so many things as a, as a whole because I think our attention spans are so short mm. and with social media, doing something like putting a virtual show on Facebook, which I do, you know, relatively often, I guess at this mm-hmm. point, um, I feel like not a lot of people, like you can see like who's there for the long haul and who's there for just like, pop in mm-hmm. and pop out. And I think that that's like because of attention spans and people mm-hmm. just are used to scrolling. Yeah. Um, so I think we don't enjoy things fully like we should. And so yeah. I think for me, uh, mindful and intentional like you said like do you want to what what do you want to participate in and being like I'm participating in this tonight and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to buy a ticket Mm. and I'm going to watch the whole thing and I'm going to support these artists because I would if I could go to their show yeah 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 you know I had a feeling like that just the other day uh Laura and I used to buy a record of a band like we really liked yeah um like we all, we have a record player, but we only buy the actual vinyl of things that we want to have a piece of and of s- support that artist. And we used to sit down and just listen to that whole record with with no phones. Uh, yeah. You know, put the lights down low and and really try to uh, feel a vision for a whole hour. And we haven't done it in a while, and it just kind of reminded myself of what a job I have to do as a participant in my industry Yeah, is it's not just going out to shows. It's, it's attending these virtual concerts, buying virtual tickets, you know, putting my money where my mouth is and, you know, growing that part of my audience uh, participation, growing that part of my contribution to the business, um, not just buying people's records on Bandcamp, but turning into their, their streams. You know, we as artists got to do that, you know, holy buckets. Yeah, I mean, especially you mentioned streams, like we make pennies from streams. You have to stream someone's song, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like a million times to so like see any money. But just so our, the people in our community, our musical mm-hmm. community, um, in any way you can, like you mentioned, you know, people ask all the time, like, do, do you have a Venmo when you do these like virtual concerts? And, like, I don't, I don't need to be tipped, but the easiest way you can support me is to like buy my or buy a t-shirt mm-hmm. um, or stream my music or pre-save it because that helps, right. you know, algorithms and let Spotify know that like this is something they need to pay attention to. And those things are even, you know, that's, it doesn't cost anything to pre-save someone's song, but it really yeah. independent artists. And I think um, sometimes people don't realize that. Yeah. Well, because of what you said earlier, it, yeah. it's most of our decisions on that level are pretty fleeting. Like if you don't make them in that moment, you might not make them. Right. Period. Exactly. It's tough. I mean, I do the same thing. Like, I'm a mm-hmm. culprit of it, too. I'm not pointing fingers at people. Yeah, me too. I do it Absolutely. all the time. I have literally have been like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to that and, like, screenshot it and then, like, forgot that I screenshot it and forgot that it was happening and, like, missed it. Um, well, or obviously other artists, you know, any way I can um, all the time. But I am a culprit, too, of, like, the scrolling and not really paying full attention to what's going on. And um, I think it just what we do now like that's 
you know, one of the secrets to any fraction of success that Jesus on the main line had was procedure of getting physical tickets into people's hands. Yeah. Right. Put something you could put on the fridge, something you've already paid for, something that if you don't go to it, it's going to stare you in the face the next day that you wasted that money. Uh-huh. Uh, and I haven't put my finger on what that is virtually yet. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure either, except for um, you can like do virtual shows where people can buy tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be the same thing. So um, just to backtrack, I did the same thing for Urban Country Jam. We had like a limited number of right. VIP tickets that were hard tickets. And I put them up on my website for people to buy and I mailed Mm-hmm. Uh, in advance and I thought that that was really cool too but also that's great you know it was a VIP ticket so there were some perks to it that you know some people wanted to partake in but it definitely it really does help because I'm the same way too if I have a ticket on the first if I buy a mm-hmm. ticket and are at the door like there's no way I'm not going like you right. plan for it you yeah. make a plan for it you're doing it I mean unless obviously there's an emergency you're like okay I bought a ticket whatever but um, mm. otherwise, like you commit to it, and virtually it's much harder. Um, so mm-hmm. you can buy a ticket, and I am seeing artists do it. I've never done it. I've never tried it. I don't know if my fans would do it, but I think that people are trying to come up with ways to have that um, equivalent, like a buying yeah. a ticket, even if it's virtual. I did a a Zoom for my EP release where we did that. Right, you right, like right. bought a ticket, you know, it was a VIP meet and greet acoustic performance and you buy a ticket and then you get the Zoom link. And it's funny because some people did purchase tickets, appreciate and didn't show up. And I felt so bad. I was like, but they mm. paid me for it. Like I wanted them, you know, yeah. to be here and to get something. But, you know, I think sometimes life just happens and people yeah, forget, especially virtually, too. You're not staring at the ticket. It like is in your email be checking your email every day or you have to write it down somewhere so you don't forget um but at least it's your money that's going to a ticket so i think you're Mm -hmm. more inclined to participate in something that you spent your hard-earned money on yeah 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 that's a tough nut to crack yeah i'm not really sure but when you figure it out you let me know i'll I'll let you know (laughs) just no one else no i'm just kidding no spread the love let everyone know but make sure well that's funny that you mentioned that right there spread the love is that part of my personality is to remove the romanticism from a lot of what we do because I feel that uh, like you just said let everybody know because a rising tide raises all boats yeah you know if we if there was some silver bullet that we could get people to always show up for virtual shows like they did for in-person shows then we should all know what it is right and just let the music carry you um, to greater heights instead of some you know, uh, business trick, you know, absolutely. Whereas like a lot of times we, like I said earlier, like to romanticize or as other people like to romanticize this industry so that if you came up with a tried and true silver bullet to get people to attend virtual events, a lot of people would like to say, well, it's just cause they're great. Oh yeah. People do that all the time. And I, ha- I honestly, I hate that. Um, I'm always just like, I don't really know what I do. And sometimes that honestly, is the absolute truth. Like I just am doing things and people are like, how did you get, I really don't know. Like, I don't know. And for me, like, what does that even mean? Where you are? Like, where am I (laughs) at home? You know? Um, 
but I just learned by doing and honestly everything like you said there is not necessarily like a tried and true different and something Mm. that worked one time doesn't necessarily work the next time and I don't think that there's any science to it and I try not to get too caught up in that I try to make like smart decisions and put out good music so that people want to come back and put out a good show as since we're talking about like people are like oh I want to go see her again because it was a great night a great show or Urban Country Jam a great event but like I don't know not everything works the same all the time well, I, I think one thing you just kind of touched on is that we don't know, but if we stop, you're fucking done. Oh, yeah. You can't stop. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people probably had that experience during the first bit of pandemic and especially when it got worse. Yeah. Um, well, it goes through waves. Even, especially yeah. If you're in other states, I feel like us, we're just mostly been home aside from like indoor dining you know opening and closing but we were the Mm. last to even get that but like other states have fully opened and then fully shut down and we're going through waves of it all and like one thing that i this whole time is like it's literally one day at a time because you really just don't know yeah one day at a time that's how i felt last night and this morning and i knew that if i just picked up my horn and got that two hours set in the morning which is like my brushing my teeth for music mm-hmm. that um some of the consistency would carry me into the rest of the day yeah but if you screw that up you don't put your pants on one leg at a time when you get out of bed you're toast right you know, it's you, you just got to keep on keeping on you know i feel like that with like exercising too do you feel like that with running sometimes you're like oh, i don't really feel like doing this today but because oh holy buckets yeah if i don't yeah if i don't run uh, or if I don't, you know, I, I have days off cause I have to. Oh, right cool. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. But, but if I don't run on a day that I'm supposed to run, I, uh, I feel bad. I'm an asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the worst. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it's all those things. I mean, even just like, like, you know, like we mentioned earlier, there's been so many times where like, I don't want to do this today, but you mm-hmm. gotta ease yourself you gotta, into it, take it slowly, but also do it. Yeah, it's it's funny how singularly simple that is, uh, but it can be the hardest fucking thing. But just, just anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah not yeah. even just music, just anything in general, especially like when things are are trying, when times are hard, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what separates the you know the pros from the weekend warriors is. Yeah. Can I pull it together? Can I can I can I make the donuts today? You know. Yeah, I think we've had conversations like this before too. That's like why I get so upset when people have like opportunities given to them that they kind of right. take advantage of. Cause it's like, you've been given this like awesome opportunity that so many other people would die for. And you're kind of just not uh, taking it in for all it's worth. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Well, Lauren Davidson, you are a beaut. You're a gem. You're a real tulip. (laughs) It's been a wonderful chatting with you. You know, I've got a zillion uh, more questions uh, I want to hear your opinion on. So I I really hope that we can do this again. Yeah, it'd be great. In in short order, because uh, I really love your writing and your music and your hustle. Thank Thank you.